Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. So, yeah, so, man, this is a great time of year. I love this. I love the series we're in. Uh, I love that college football officially started Saturday. That's, that's one of my love languages. Um, so, I am a lifelong University of Tennessee fan. Go Big Orange. Um, thank y'all. So, um, I'll pay you later. Um, uh, so, I also am newly, uh, one of the guys who is a dear friend of our church, about fail, is a, is a dear friend, <laughs> so excited, um, dear friend of our church, uh, he actually used to go here when he was here for business for a season, uh, is just a great friend of mine, but uh, Rusty Sloan uh, went, is now working for the University of Baylor as uh, like an uh, aeronautics teacher, professor, or whatever. I call him a professor. He says he's not, but it's my story, so he's not here to argue. So he's the professor. And uh, I come to find out that at Baylor University, um, um, it is not only a private Christian school, but in order to get hired there, they make sure that you are willing to share your story and your faith journey in every class. And I'm like, come on, I just became a Baylor fan. And so I got my first hat. I got ready to wear it today, um, but I don't look good in a hat. Um, so I only uh, wear them when I'm with the fellas. Um, so anyway, because I got a weird shaped head. I got a peanut shaped head. Don't look at it too close. You'll see it. Um, then you can't unsee it. It's a bad thing. So, I mean, we've been in a series called What's Your Blood Type? And and really, um, this whole series has been about um, where I was going with that story. About college football? Baylor lost. Tennessee won big. Can I get a hallelujah? Um, thank you. Um, Baylor, I feel like I'm the curse of Baylor. They got beat by like Mary's Girls School yesterday, like by 57 points. Um, and I'm not saying that girls can't play football. I'm just saying I wouldn't go out with one that does. So um, I just feel like I would lose that fight. Um, so, anyway, so we've been in the series, What's Your Blood Type? And man, I love it because it really is about us taking on the characters and attributes of Jesus. And I think, man, it's like... A lot of people claim, claim to be Christians, but they're not very Christ-like. And, and really, um, this series started because somebody connected our church needed a blood transfusion. And I was sitting here going, man, I feel like there are a lot of times I need to, to transfuse my blood with the blood of Christ. There needs to be more in my life than what I exude and what I let out. Um, because, man, Jesus really wants to come and change our lives. He wants to change our way of thinking and our responses and a lot of people can't see Jesus because people don't look like Jesus. And they don't talk like Jesus. And so week one, we just said this. It was my dad joke. Um, you can be a negative, that's a blood type, person. But in order to be like Christ, you have to be positive. Positive isn't positive for positive's sake. Positive is seeing Jesus in everything. Um, uh, there, a guy named Dale Carnegie years ago wrote a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I first, I didn't read it for years because I thought basically it's how, how to like tell people what they want to hear. And it's not. Dale Carnegie's whole book was this, look for the good that's in everybody because God put it. And you can either focus on the good or the bad, but you can't do both. And I'm like, doggone, that's pretty smart. So I've, I looked and said, man, I can't be a Christian and not be positive. Because if I see Jesus as something 
that, that is moving in and through my life and wants to move in and through people. And he is really the author of the universe and the author and finisher of my faith. How can I be anything but, but optimistic? Well, the world's getting bad. Yeah, but Jesus is still getting good. So like, I can only focus on one of the two things at a time. So which one am I going to do? Um, I believe that Jesus is my Savior, not the White House. Thank God. The, the, the statement that always makes me nervous is I'm the government, I'm here to help. Here's what, here's what I realized. The, the government runs the postal service. Have you ever mailed a letter? Did it get there? If so, go buy a lottery ticket and be ready to tithe off of it because you're probably right. Like, I'm just not, I'm just not real positive. And, and I've got some good friends that work for the postal service, not the people, it's the processes that, anyway. So, so I think that, that in our journey, we have to begin to go, man, God is the author and finisher. And because of that, here's my response. Uh, the second week we talked about generosity. Here's what I really believe. I believe that anything that your, your fist is closed in is an area of your life you don't trust God with. Like if you, if you wrestle and are closed fist and not generous with forgiveness, it's because you don't trust God in the area of forgiveness. If you're that way in your, in your time or your money or your, your resources or whatever God's entrusted you, anything that you feel like you have to hold on to is an area that God's not God in your life. And I think that part of the pro- people's problem with, um, with generosity is they're afraid they're going to lose something. And Jesus said, give. Now, we know he's talking about tithe and offering, but I think there's a life principle here. Such as a man sows, that and that alone does he reap. Given, it'll be given back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Men coming and lay it at your feet. Here's the thing. You want to, anybody ever get a bad server? You, you want to change bad service? Tell them you're going to tip them huge. Ask them what their biggest tip they've got that day is. I was, did I tell you what I did last week to a waitress? We went out to a meal with some folks, and I looked at her and said, look, will you take really good care of us because I'm going to tip you really good. She said, I got you. It's okay. When we got done, I wrote her a tip that was, that was large. And I spun it around and looked at her and said, let me ask you a question. Does that honor you? Is that enough? She said, oh, just don't worry. Whatever it is, it's fine. I said, no, I want you to look at it. Is it enough? Because if it's not, I'm going to change. I'll change to whatever you tell me to. You know why? Because I wanted... We, we had a whole row of church people, right? Here's what... If you've ever worked in food service, who are the worst tippers? Church people. People are supposed to love God and have open hands and be generous. They're cheapskates. Right? So what if we looked at people and said, hey, I'm open. What do you need? You have a big bill this week? I'd love to help you with it. I don't know what to do with that. If we live that kind of generosity, they may not like Jesus, but they'll see Him. You know what I'm saying? And then the third week we said this, man, you've got one bucket. We used the buckets and we had sand. You get one life. And sometimes people are like, man, my life's too heavy. I, I, I don't feel like I'm not enjoying the life that I'm living. And we say, man, maybe you need to look at what's in your bucket. If you don't feel like life is able to continue or that it's, it's drudgery, you need to take some stuff out of your bucket. Uh, you need to unfollow some people on social media. You need to like, get. I mean, just fast social media. That's it. Man, you don't feel better. Don't watch the news. Well, they don't know what's going on in the world. Look, you know what's going on in your world. If it's going on in your world, I promise you'll know about it. I'm not saying you can't watch the news. I'm just saying if it if it's if it's if it's becoming heavy, stop. So we talked about that, and then last week we talked about the fruit of the spirit. And we said, man, that blood, the red blood cells in your body turn over every 120 days. So we said this. We were like, man, what if we begin to walk in the fruit of the spirit? 
And I believe that in 120 days you can change. You can be, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control against such things. There are no law. Even if you're not a believer, you can't say anything wrong with the fruit of the Spirit. But here's the thing. People can see Jesus if they can see fruit. I don't know about Jesus, but that dude loves everybody. Man, I don't know. I don't know about Jesus, but I'll tell you what, that's one of the most patient dudes I've ever met in my entire life. Man, I don't know about Jesus, but that guy is generous. That guy is, you know what I'm saying? That that lady, here's, here's what I can tell you about him. Because what we do in Christianity is we go, I don't know enough about Jesus to share him. But I want to take you back to when people actually met Jesus. Some crazy rascal get healed. Some somebody get God would do something. And they went, look, I don't know. This dude is the closest thing I've ever found to God. So I started following him. Look what he did. I'm not saying this is for you. I'm just saying you may want to get to know him. Well, well what, what kind of theology is he? I don't know. The rascal just lame people are getting up. That's what I know. Blind eyes are open. People, you know, this rascal used to be demon possessed. Now he's, you know, now he's parking cars at church. I don't know. Can I get a witness from somebody? Man, when God begins to change, you don't have to know all, a bunch of theology. You just got to know Jesus. Look, I know this. I once was lost. Now I'm found. I know I don't look like Jesus, but I'm trying to. I'm not perfect. Can I say this? People don't want to follow perfect people. They want to follow people that, that look like them and that are just a couple of steps ahead. Look, man, I'm married. You're married. How do you not kill your wife? That's a great starting place. But why do your kids like you? Man, they're just some God principles I put in. Look, I don't know about God, but I need whatever the principles He's got. Does this make sense? And so this week, we're going to talk about something that, that, that man, it's a little touchy-feely. Um, yeah, people first service know where I'm going. So JC is our student uh, leader, and uh, he leads 20-ish, which is our young adult ministry. And we wrote two messages, and actually I would not read his message, and thank God he didn't get his feelings about it. Um. Because normally I look at his messages on Thursday and we send them out to our team. Well, I got his his message title and his message title was all up in your feels. And I had literally just sent our team my message title for what's your blood type all up in your feels. And so I wouldn't read his message in case we used the same scripture. He thought I copied his paper. and I, So I won't do that. But in our culture, man, everybody is about the way they feel. Uh, man, you're a different political party. Ah, you triggered me. Oh, I can't believe you know Disney had a had a had an elephant in their movie. I'm triggered. Let's cancel it. I can't believe you buy drive a Chevy. You triggered me. Like pick your like everybody's about the way they feel. They're all up in their feelings, and they're all up into their into in, in, into into this emotional thing. Look, look, I can't even talk to you now. I'm just so... Anybody live in this world? And so I sat there and I was like, man, um, uh, the world is jacked up. But then I, I started, because I live in the church, for, not like oh, I don't live here, but like I, this is where I've, I've invested my life at. And I was like, well, thank God, if the world's got it messed up, at least the church has it right. And then I started thinking, people in church will say something like this, follow your heart and you can't go wrong. I don't know. I don't know that that's true. Or this, look, I knew it was God because I just had this good feeling about it. Well, here's my thought. When Noah built an ark for 120 years, I don't think his feelings were all positive. 
When Jesus looked at Peter and went, hey, I'll make you a fisherman. I don't think that he went, yay. When Jesus looked at, at the disciples and said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. They were all up in that feels moment. Well, it just all worked out so I knew it was God. Is that how you know? Or is that just a feeling you get? Because I know people that all hell came against them and they were walking directly in the path that God wanted for them. And so I looked and I'm like, man, what, what, do, what does the Bible say about our feelings? Jeremiah 17.9 says this. It says, the heart is de deceitful above all things. If there is one thing you can't trust, it's your feelings. I love this. Above all things, desperately sick. Who can understand it? Nobody. Have you ever done something and you don't even know why you did it? You ever just been irritated and your wife like, hey babe, what's wrong with you? I don't know. But you're picking a fight. Or have you ever come home and you knew that you were, your wife was just in a mood? I mean, don't answer that if you're married. Just sit there, just stare blankly ahead and be like, but have you ever, or your kids come home and you're like, I don't, I don't know what's into you, but I'm about to beat it out of you, right? Like, like they're just, they're all up in their feelings and emotions. And here's the problem. When somebody's all up in their feelings and emotion, you can't reason with them at all. Have you ever walked in and, and you were laughing about something and you didn't even know somebody was in the room and they're convinced everybody was laughing at them and now they're mad at you because they, you were, and you're like, I didn't even know you were in the room. Well, I know y'all were laughing about it. No, listen, I'm stop. Me, me, me. I did not know you were in the room. Well. Because here's the thing, man. Your heart is deceitful. You will lie to you more than the devil will lie to you. Let me give you an example. So I was on keto. I dropped a bunch of weight. I have found it. Um, I lost it. Once it was lost, now it is found. So here's the thing though. Here's what I do. I get up and I eat a keto breakfast. But then because I'm so busy working for the Lord, I have to have a Zach's lunch. Come on, Jesus. But here's the way I do it. I, I, I get it, and then I'm like, God, I know this isn't good for me, so here's what I'm going to do. Dear Heavenly Father, please remove everything bad. Remove all carbs, all fats, all greases. God, let this grease become anointing oil flowing through my body from the head. And God's up there going, that's, that, that's not how this works. Your heart is deceiving you. Your feelings. I feel like I need it. I feel like I deserve it. I feel like I can't. I can't live without a Zach's hot dog. I mean, I'm going to die. And literally, Jesus Chicken is one building down now from Zach's hot dog. Can I get a witness? Like, like your feelings are deceitful above all else. And so, so I sit there and I go, man, who can understand it? Nobody. You're never going to understand feelings. But here's the thing. So how do you manage? Is there a way that we can get to a due north? Um, pilots, a lot of times, um, when they're flying 
over big bodies of water have to fly by instruments because they get they get blinded between the horizon, which is blue, and the ocean, which is blue. And literally, without instrumentations, the pilots have been known literally to nosedive their plane into the water and never even know they were close to it. Because here's the reality. If you don't have a true north, you'll be moved by what you see and what you feel. Scripture says this, that, that, that righteous should live by faith and not by sight. You can't go by what you see and what you feel because it, it'll, it'll lead you wrong. Matter of fact, uh, Proverbs, um, which I love the Proverbs because it's the smartest guy on the planet saying things in the simplest ways possible. It's kind of like listening to Elon Musk, who I think is just smart. Like He really brought uh, electric cars which shouldn't exist. Um, no, I'm sorry. That was, that was opinion. That wasn't anything to do with Jesus. Um, so he brought electric cars um, to the market and really made them affordable and, and turned a bunch of money. And then he decided he was going to launch rockets. But if you listen to him talk, they'll be like, Elon, so how are you, how are you launching like, like satellites into space? And, and I'm expecting like some deep like thermonuclear engineering stuff. He's like, well, basically we take a tube, we put a cap on it, we stick some ignition stuff in it, we light it. It's basically like a big firework. We just launch it up. Then it gets hung in the orbit of the, of, of the moon or something and we just bring it back down. It's not really that hard. He's so intelligent that he can make it simple. Solomon, I mean, Sol, um, uh, Saul, Solomon was the super smart guy, right? And and Bible's like, man, you know, the, the Proverbs are written to be wisdom for everybody. And so it's really the smartest people on the planet making things as easy as they possibly can. And it's God speaking through. I love this. Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seems right to a man, but it ends in death. There's a way that's going to seem right to you, but it's going to destroy you. There's a way that seems like it would work, but when you really sit and think about it, when you really start acting on what you're thinking, it's the wrong way. It's, it's, it's like ignoring ways and thinking you know how to get there in your head. Anybody ever decided you knew smart ways is like, get off on the back road, and you're like, I'm not getting off on the back road. I know where I'm going. And then traffic comes to a standstill and there's nowhere to get off. And you're like, oh, that's why. God works a lot, a lot the same way. He's like, look, there's a way that's going to seem right. It's going to seem easy. It's going to seem like a straight line. But if you follow it, it's not the right way to go. And what I see so much in our culture is, is when it comes to sexuality and when it comes to, to, to morality and when it comes to right and wrong. If we leave that to a subjective concept, if we leave it to everybody just, man, if it's not hurting me, do whatever you want to, that's not the right way to go. And because of that, we see, we see the destruction of family and we see the destruction of lives and suicide at an all-time high and the prescription rate for antidepressants and, and anxiety medicine, which I'm not opposed to, right? Like, I'm, I, I get that. We see the death rate in unborn children. We see all this stuff explode because there's a time when everybody does what's right in their own eyes, but it's wrong in the eyes of God. So, so he sits there and he's like, man, there's, there's going to be a way that seems right, but what is ultimately going to determine right and wrong? Like, is there an absolute compass to that? And so, so when we look, Paul writes in Ephesians 4.18 and he says this, he said, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of 
igno- the ignorance that's in them due to the hardness of their heart. In other words, they started thinking that they knew more than God, so they started rejecting God and His way of doing it. And because of that, they won't turn away from it because they're so in their feelings that they're right, they refuse to repent. Because repentance is simply turning away from what you thought was right and what you thought was holy and what you thought was good enough and turning to God who is right and is holy and is pure and is the ultimate judge of life. And so we sit there and we go, man, so, so if our feelings are so destructive, how do we get to that true magnetic north? Like, like, like how do we really start making this transition? Proverbs 28, uh, 26 says this. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. Don't you love it when Jesus just kind of talks plain to you? So, have you ever done something dumb? Have you ever done something dumb and your wife decided to let you know what you were doing was dumb? Like Driving. I've driven since I was 16, but my wife suddenly thinks that when she gets in the car, I'm going to kill us all. And so we'll, we'll be riding. A, and, and, and here's the thing. It, um, she's not always wrong. <laughs> Have you ever been driving? My favorite line to tell my wife is this. I got it. I got it. I got it. But the first time I ever preached on Father's Day, my son uh, was a baby. And uh, and so we were sitting there, and he was a baby condor uh, at that time. And back then, I preached at a church where I wore suits all the time. So I wore my nice black suit because we were broke. I only had two. So it was like, pick the black one or the blue one, right? And so I picked up our baby condor, and I'm patting him, and I'm, I'm getting ready to preach. And I'm going over my message, and he spit up down my back. So my wife finally gets ready. Finally. Anybody married know what I mean? Because I'm stressed about preaching and she's finally ready to go out the door 10 minutes after I wanted to be out the door. Didn't tell her I wanted to be out the door 10 minutes earlier. I just assumed she knew. And so I get ready to walk out the door and she's like, ooh, you have condor down the back of your jacket. Well, you can't clean that up. So I had to change. Well, then I've got to make time up. So I get on the interstate, and we were about 45 minutes to an hour from the church. I was preaching in Thomasville at the time, and I'm driving the wheels off the car. Anybody know where 85 splits off? And back then it used to drop from 65 down to 55, and I was doing 75. And my wife goes, you need to slow down or you're going to get a ticket. But I was doing what was right in my own mind by hurrying up and getting to church, and the state trooper that pulled out behind me decided I needed to stop and have a conversation with him. And I said, I don't need to slow down. I need to pull over. And she said, why? And I said, because I'm getting pulled by the state troopers behind me. And I pulled over in my nice suit and I started explaining to him that I had a condor for a child and I was late for church and that he was probably going to get shot at today and he really needed to let the preacher go because, you know, he disagreed and wrote me a nice ticket with his autograph and everything on it. And, um, And I figured out in that moment that whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. You can't get right by doing wrong. You can't can't walk by faith and walk in your feelings. You can't walk in righteousness and be all wrapped up in your feelings. If David would have listened to his feeling, he would have never killed Goliath. 
If David would have listened to his feelings, he would have killed Saul in the cave. If does this make sense? Like over and over and over again, man, feelings are deceptive. If, if if feelings will make you cuss and deny Jesus beside a fire while he's getting ready to go to his crucifixion, does this make sense? Like like feelings are so there. But scripture goes on and it says this. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. So the question is, is, what is wise? What is smart? How do I know? And it all goes back to the Word of God. As a matter of fact, Proverbs um, 29.11 says this, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man holds it quietly, holds, uh, quietly holds it back. Here's the question. Um, have you ever gone to dinner with somebody um, and, and the waitress brings them a different order? Can we just use steak for an example? They order it. They order it well done, and the waitress brings it um, uh, raw. You ever know people that yell at a waitress? First of all, can I just say this? Unless if you're at the Waffle House, your waitress is not making your food. This is a waitress's job. Here's your food. Can I get you more tea? Most of the time, they're not even making the tea. I know people that have yelled because the tea's too sweet or the tea's not sweet enough or, or I ordered water and you put lemon in it. Like I've seen crazy things happen, right? And here's the reality. Most of the time, they don't have anything to do with it. Because you know what? I got all in my feelings and I had to let them out. Here's what the Bible said. The Bible said a fool vents everything that's inside of them. But wisdom will quietly hold it back. This is God looking at you and going, hey honey, sometimes it's okay for you to shut your hole. You don't, have you ever walked in the house and your wife is, is doing dishes and she is mad at you? You don't even know why. Sometimes she doesn't know why. And all the women said, amen. And here's the thing, so she spouts off. What are you going to do? Grown, I'm a full grown man. I'm gonna tell you about you. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna talk about your mama. I'm gonna tell you about your, your brother, deadbeat brother. I'm gonna tell you about your, your crackhead sister. I'm gonna tell you, we're gonna oh you wanna you you want I can light a fight off. Why am I gonna do it? Because I want to give full vent to what I'm feeling. Can I get a witness? But scripture says a wise man just shuts up. Have you, ever, have you ever come in and somebody, you're trying to pick a fight with somebody and they won't talk to you? You're like, glad you finally came home. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I've been sitting here waiting on you for 20. I had dinner ready at 6. You didn't bother to call me. It's 6.02 now. I'm sorry, you know, I was just, you know, I got tied up. Well, I guess you're too tired, tied up to let your phone work either. I guess Verizon done broke. I don't know. And what they're doing is baiting you. Uh, somebody should preach a message on don't take the bait. Scripture says this, your feelings are part of the, 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 the makeup of how Satan baits you into doing the wrong thing. How he, how he gets you in your feelings to think the wrong way or to react the wrong way, or whatever. And what Scripture says is this, man, sometimes you just need to be quiet. Jesus didn't always respond. Sometimes Jesus just shut up and walked by people. Do you remember reading in the Bible where they're like, and they were plotting on Him, 
And all he did was just walk by. I had somebody come to me last week. And they're like, hey, I need to tell you something. But um, so-and-so was talking about you behind your back. And I'm like, well, praise God for that. That's dope. That's great. And they're like, well, what do you mean? What do you think about that? And I'm like, well, I don't. First of all, I praise God because every time I see them, they're nice to my face. The Reverend Bon Jovi said this. He said, if you don't love me, lie to me. I'm okay. If you're talking behind my back, I'm just going to make this a public confession. If you're talking behind my back, I don't care. Because generally the people that are gossiping about me behind my back are people that don't have my heart anyway. And I'm not gonna, you're not going to get a reaction. People ask me all the time, what do you think about so-and-so's church? I don't. I don't have to think about in my church. What do you think about this preacher? I don't. Listen, if I don't like him, I don't listen to him. If I don't like her, I don't listen to her. I don't buy their books. I don't listen to them. But I don't think about them. I don't have to. All you're doing is you're venting your spirit. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a car ride? This is going to be a little off color, okay? And somebody broke wind. I mean one of those like, they've been eating boiled eggs for a month, broke wind. And you're in your car thinking, dear Lord, could you not just hold that in? Just like, clench a little tighter. Like, warn me, I would have rolled down the windows. Like, like you don't just, just don't. And it's it. And can I just say this? It's one thing if it's your, if it's your family. Can I get a witness? Like breathing family poot, like it happens. You ever had a coworker, like four coworkers, and everybody's denying what happened, and now you literally feel like you are you are breathing in feces into your body. And what you say is this, that's disgusting. And you, really, you don't, you don't ever go to lunch with any of those people again. They're all disinvited. And if you do, you sure ain't going to Mexican, right? Like, it's just, we're not. Why are we so offended when somebody breaks wind in our car, but we don't get offended when they break emotions in our car? Because both of them to the Lord have a foul smell. The closer you get to God, the more you smell things differently. Scripture says this, don't vent, don't, don't break wind in your spirit and pollute the air in your environment. When my wife comes in and she's an and can we be honest, we all catch feelings sometimes. But here's the thing, catch them and put them up. Makes it, anybody ever have a dog leave the house? You're like, come here, come here. Come here, I'm going to beat you. With Sometimes you got to go, whoa, 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 let me get my feels back. Let me, let me, hey, give me a minute. Let me just keep my mouth shut. Let me get my feels back. Whew. Okay, now I'm going to beat them into submission. And I'm going to get over them. I'm not going to let my feelings run with me. Here's the thing. My wife made a point a week or two ago, and it just tore me up. I, am, I look a lot like Jesus in a lot of my life until I drive. And I hate people who cut over on top of me or try to push their way into it. I'm like, I would direct my car. I got good insurance. I, would, I will Dale Earnhardt you into the wall. Like it does not even bother. Like I wish I was making this up. It's a true thing. And my wife's like, why is driving a competition to you? And I'm like, because I'm a grown man. Do I have any guys that are like that? Please don't make me feel like I'm by myself. And here's what I figured out. What I'm really doing is I'm giving full vent 
to my feelings. My feelings, if you're not going to push me around, and you're not going to write, and ain't nobody getting in front of me. That rascal saw that sign from Merge seven miles ago, and he waited to right now. Uh-uh, uh-uh, hmm. And I will stink eye you when I drive by you. If you do something dumb, like if I've got to pass you in a slow lane, I will check up just for a minute and be like, I will, I will, I will give you a disapproving daddy look. I'm like, you disgust me. You uncircumcised Philistine. You. Scripture said this, boy, shut it up. You're better than that. Don't give, just because you feel it, don't react to it. Because what you're doing isn't going to take you where you want to go. You're going you're gonna to get there 45 minutes quicker, but your wife isn't going to talk to you for two days. Your kids are going to be crying in the back saying, why don't mom and daddy love each other? But the dude who you wouldn't let over, he's moved on with his life. His wife's still talking to him. His kids are like, dad is great. Right, like, I'm just... Anybody catch the Bill Cosby reference there? Gives a chocolate cake. I'm just saying. But here's the thing. Your emotions do not control you. You control your emotions. Now sometimes you may need a minute. But you don't have to vent it just because you think about it. Proverbs 12.15 says this, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Now here's the problem. When you're doing foolish stuff, you're going to try to run around with fools. Because you only want to talk to people who agree with you. Be three people at a table. You being a jerk to the waitress, right? One of them will be like, I don't blame you. I'd go off on her too. The other one's like, you know, it's a Salisbury steak, cuz. Like... Like, you didn't get lemon for your tea. It's a first world problem. Like, can you get over it? Like, you know who you listen to? Oh, I don't blame you. I don't, but I'll tell you what, we'll catch her in a parking lot after here. I'm just saying, we'll, I would, I'd, I'd get the manager. You know, my favorite thing to do now is ask for the manager and brag on my servers. You, you, you want to change a moment? Be like, hey, can I talk to your manager for a second? They're like, oh, God. Yeah, are you, would you like some more tea before I get them? <laughs> Then when they get there, I'm like, hey, I just want, and it's true. I just want to let you know this is a valuable employee. They they serve your brand well. They're very polite. Like, and I just brag on them. Because you know what? I don't know what the table before me or after me looks like, but if I'm going to vent something, it's going to be something good. I'm not going to do what looks good in my own eyes, but I am, but a wise man listens to advice. God puts people in your life. I, I kid all the time and say the Holy Spirit and my wife sound a lot alike. You ever had somebody just come up to you and be like, look, bro, I know, I know you're in a moment, but you need to dial it down. You, you're letting your feelings get away from you. Sometimes even with our spouses, and this isn't just women, can I just clarify that? Sometimes I need my wife just to go, hey, your, your reaction does not fit the resource or the moment that you just had. It, it, these two things don't match. And I think if we take a minute and we go, look, I'm going to listen to advice, but not just the advice of people. I'm going to listen to the advice that's only found in the Word of God. Because here's the thing, I love my wife and she sounds like the Holy Spirit, but she's not. He talks through her sometimes. But the reason people are wandering off in sexual immorality and they're wandering off in, 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 in I won't say political, but in 
life immorality and just they're doing all these things against God is because they quit valuing what God had to say about them. And so when I go, man, how do I treat my wife? Go to the Bible. Man, I feel like my, my emotions get away from me when I'm at work. Let's one may want to think about changing jobs. Everybody hiring right now. Praise God. I'm just saying right now you can find a job. Maybe it be the job you want, but you can get a different one. Or go, you know what? Maybe the job's not the problem. Maybe my attitude, I'm bringing an A negative thing instead of a B positive thing that I control my environment and I, I control me because if I'm controlled by God, I gave up my right to really do what I wanted to do and now I do what He wants me to do and that includes all my feels. And he's like, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to the wisest person I know, which is God. And I'm just going to do what he says to do. Because here's the thing. There's a way that seems wrong to a man, or seems right to a man, but it ends wrong. But sometimes doing the wrong thing will get you to, what seems wrong will get you to the right place. Like this. Like being generous seems like you get less. But in the end, you get more. Jesus said, if you want to be at the front of the line, here's what I need you to do. Go to the back. Put other people in front of you and I will elevate you. But if you're trying to elevate yourself, I'll just keep cutting your feet out from under you. Hey, if you're trying to hold on to your money so tight and be stingy, then what I'm going to do is I'm never going to let your money be enough. I'll, I'll let you feel like you got holes in your pockets. But when you learn to live a generous life, I'll make sure your pockets are full because I don't just get money to you, I get money through you. Because here's the thing, when you get a hold of your feelings and you begin to listen to the wisdom that's only found in the Word of God, what you'll find is this life works a whole lot better. You'll have a better marriage, you'll have better kids, you'll, have better, you'll be a better employee, you'll be a better boss. Doing things God's way, especially when it comes to your attitude, your feelings, is a game changer. Matter of fact, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says this, last scripture I want to look at. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Anybody remember when you, were, when you fell in love? Because love is a feeling, right? You looked at somebody and said, I love you with all of my heart. What you're saying is, look, I, there's nothing I'm holding back from you. We, we, we are going to love each other with every ounce of who we are. God said this, He said, trust in the Lord, trust me with everything you have. Even your feelings. Because most of the times our feelings are actually rooted in our fears. I'm not going to let you get over it because I, I, I'm not going to be pushed around because I have a fear of not being enough. Hey, hey, I'm going to respond because, because I, I have to show her that I'm the man. Is your manhood based in your ability to outwit a woman? Not that women are less than, but we're supposed to be protectors and defenders, not dictators and beaters. Does this make it like, I don't, I don't lord over my wife. I work through, through life with my wife. She's, yes, I'm the head of our house, but that's a nuclear option. I don't like them. Leadership is when I get her to go where, where I feel like the Lord's leading us because she wants to go and, and, and we enjoy that journey and we both agree on it. Not because I said so. I said so is what you tell your kids when you don't have a real reason. That means it's a preference, right? Don't cross the street. You might get hit by a car. Go clean your room. Why? Because I said so. It's the way I want it. There's not a, there's not a, a causal effect other than I'm going to beat you. God said this. He said, "What? not really. We don't advocate beating in public. Um, 
So, so what he said is this, he said, man, when you trust me with everything you have, you'll trust me that the things that trigger your feelings, and triggers are real, right? Like, I'm not denying that. Like, I can watch a sad movie, and I, instantaneously it'll get me into a bad. I watch Hallmark movies because I know, th I know the, the story arc. Two people are going to fall in love. There's going to be conflict. They're going to get through it, kiss in the snow, close out the Hallmark movie. Even when Hallmark does a summer movie, two people are going to meet, do you know the one where it's she ends up marrying the brother, the twin brother of the man who left her in the altar? And they, they end up on this mission thing in the desert. Then there's conflict. Then they kiss in the sand. It's the same, it's the same movie. Just my wife hates it. My son are like, can we please not watch one? I love love. Like I love romance. It's it's one of those romantic comedy kind of things that I love. And 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 I love the fact that I don't have to think about the story. I can pick up a Hallmark at any minute in the movie and I pretty much know what's going on. Like, hey, she owned a bookstore and he's a stamp collector. Now they're, you know, so like. <laughs> but here's the thing. The thing I love is the predictability. But, but what we forget is this, is that God also runs the same story arc. People follow God. Bad stuff happens to them. God works it out. Not the way they thought. Then they go on a, a little bit more in their journey and things kind of seem normal, whatever that is, right? And then there's conflict. It seems insurmountable. They pray and seek God and God comes through and He works it out. What this is saying is trust the storyline. You don't have to get in your feelings because you have faith. What do you have faith in? I have faith that every time I watch a Hallmark movie, it's going to follow the same freaking arc. Like, if in a Hallmark movie we turn it into a Nicholas Sparks movie, I'm quitting. Like, man, they fell in love. There was no real conflict. Oh, they died. Okay, like, do you know people that read Nicholas Sparks books? Why they? I know a lot of women who read them. Uh, some men, but a lot of women read them because they're like, I just need a good cry. That's a, I don't. I don't need that feeling. I've. I try not to cry. Like, you get me, try, I'm like, give me a minute. Right? Like, we're, especially my guys, women are like, oh, I, we just had a good cry together. And I'm like, dude, if me and my pal sit around, we have a good cry together, we're at a funeral. Probably for one of them. Because we did something stupid. God said this, man, don't, don't lean on you. Lean on me. Don't get all in your feelings. Get in your faith. Don't get, don't get all wrapped up in how you feel. Get in the promises of God. Matter of fact, it says this, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. In everything that happens, look for the storyline of God. I take you through every story in the Bible. People start following God or come to the tension of following God. Something bad happens. God works it out, turns it for their good. It's in every story in the Bible. God created Hallmark. No, it's, it's the same arch, right? I, I was talking, and I, I'm not trying to make this bad. Jesse, I lost him, is in the back. This is the four-month anniversary, of, and Jesse's like 29, so, and he's single, so if you're a lady here. Um, but his dad passed away, suddenly. And I watched for hours and days Jesse step up in his manhood. He stayed at the hospital. He was making critical care decisions for his dad, that, that really a 29-year-old should not be having to make for a parent. And he was, he was a, a resource for his family to lean on, and I watched them lean on him. 
And, and while it's never good to lose a parent, I think Jesse's dad would have been very proud because of the way he handled it. The trial brought something out in him. He could have gotten all in his feelings. Matter of fact, I followed him home from the hospital because he hadn't slept in like three or four days. And I'm like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, man, I don't have time to feel right now. I've got to stuff it away because people need me. I'll deal with this on my own. What that means is this, is that if a 29-year-old guy can grab his feelings as he loses a parent, you can get a hold of your anger. You can get a hold of your tension. You can get you have the ability. God's given it to you. To acknowledge God in every season you're in. And here's the thing. He I was there and helped with the funeral and did all that stuff. And in all of this, they said, well, you know what? The good thing is God was still in control and he loved my dad. My dad loved him. It's going to work. It's fine. Even in this sucky deal, I acknowledge God and he made a straight path through it. Now, let me tell you something. If you're going to go through something, go straight through it, especially if it's bad. You wander around Disney World. Can I get away? Go to a theme park, you wander around. Go, 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 go to the Bahamas, wander around. You're fine. Um, if you go to the hood, make a straight path. If you're in a burning building, get out of anything bad, go straight through it. What's the quickest way through something? Faith. The promises of God. The correction of God. Hey, I feel and I think this, but God says different. Obviously, He knows something I do. Don't. So I'm going to acknowledge Him and watch Him work this out for my benefit and for society's benefit. And for the, Because again, have you ever told your kids to do something you really don't have time to explain every benefit of it? You're like, hey look, I probably wouldn't do that. Why? Well, that's why. If God wrote every causal effect that was going to be in everybody's life in the Bible, nobody would ever be able to read the Bible because it would be, I mean, be boop, 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 right? So God said, look, on some things, I just need you to trust me and, and trust that I'm going to run the story arc. So I wonder today as we come to close this, is, man, it, are there some people here that are all up in their feelings because they're not acknowledging God as the wisdom, as the, as the person, the, 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 the resource that they should go to to answer all of life's questions. And because of that, they get in their feelings and their feelings lead them down a dark path. It's like this, man. It's, 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 it's easy to get depressed when you don't have faith. Now, do people of faith get depressed? Yeah. But I think it's easier to come out of we begin to focus on the promises of God. So as we pray today, Father, just everybody that may be wrapped up in their feelings, God, everybody that may be wrestling with letting emotions get out of control or, or maybe even having the wrong emotions or the, the wrong focus in their life. Father, will today be a reminder to them and for them that you have plans to make their paths straight, God. You said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to bless you and prosper you and give you a hope and a future. Father, will you let them accept that promise as being their own? And I just wonder if there's somebody who's here today or maybe watching online. You're like, you know what, Pastor? I, I'm all in my feelings because I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I, I'm, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. If that's you today, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you out. But we just want to pray with you. If that's you, we just slip your hand up. Thank you so much.
Anybody else? Whether you're online or you're here in the house, will you just pray with us as a family? We don't think anybody does anything by themselves. We do it all as a family. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Make me right with you. Today I confess that I've screwed up. That I've sinned. But I thank you for making me right with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We give these folks a round of applause. Biggest decision you can make. Scripture says if a man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, people go, man, is salvation really that easy? Yeah. Because the bill's all been paid. I love paying people's bill and then leave them before they figure out I paid their bill. You ever done that? They're like, where's my bill? But I owe you for this. And I'm like, no, you don't. Right? God is doing the same thing with us. You're like, you can't make it that easy. And Jesus is like, yeah, I paid for it. You, like, you don't have to do anything. You, you're not going to be good enough. You, you don't have enough resource to pay this bill. I paid it because you couldn't. I paid it because I loved you. Remember when, when you got old enough to realize how much your parents spent on vacation? And you're like, my son went to the grocery store with my wife the other day and we were buying a bunch of stuff. And he's like, can you believe groceries cost this much? And she's like, yeah, that's why we have a budget. And he's like, I think when I move out on my own, we're going to like declare fasts intermittently. That's not how that works. Because you never understand the cost until you see the bill. You never understand how much Jesus loves you until you recognize what He's forgiven you from. So if you're one of those folks and you, and, and you prayed that prayer today, or, or maybe you're just young in your faith or you're not sure about the journey of your faith, um, I'm going to encourage you to email us at amen at Thrive Church Online. You can also, uh, the tag like Jay wears, you can see we've got a bunch of people running around with these tags. And I know today's vacation day because school's getting ready to go back in. I call this Vacation Sunday. Uh, but if Burlington City keeps delaying schools because of mold, um, your kids are never leaving the house. Um, but, but email us at amen at thrivechurchonline.com. And what we want to do is we want to connect, connect you with what we call a guide. I want you to think about a whitewater rafting. So you've got a guide in the back of the boat. They're not going to paddle for you. They're just going to help you. Um, but a lot of times we miss stuff in the journey. Like, how do I know I'm saved? Or, or how do I read my Bible? Or how do I pray? Or how do I need to work on forgiveness? Or there, we've got like 20 different, different things that we want to walk through. You know, how, how do I do this stuff? We want to connect you with somebody that can just be on that journey with you. And they're not there to judge you. They're just there to guide you. And um, we can do them online. We can do them in person. But if you'll email us, amen, thrivechurchonline.com. We just want to connect you with somebody. So, um, man, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.